You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Engaging in conversations that spark inspiration and activate innovation. You're listening to WMR.FM, a service of international web marketers. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome to Webcology on WMR.FM. This is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, it's January the 28th, 2021. And this is going to be, it was a worst of times edition of Webcology. A sad story started spreading through the SEO community last night as uh, word of Hamlet Batista's passing emerged through Facebook and Twitter. A small number of people close to him knew he was sick for several weeks, but Hamlet wanted to keep it quiet. He had somehow contracted COVID um, after doing everything he could to avoid contracting it. He was hit hard. He rallied a couple times and he really thought he was going to make it through, but um, he he died uh, late Tuesday night. Hamlet came to the United States from the Dominican Republic on a U.S. genius visa and he used his genius to build a beautiful life. He was healthy and a happy and a kind sort of man. He had a wife, Odette, and two sons, Ethan and Josh. His SEO tool company, RankSense, was working towards its first stock offering, and Hamlet was literally living the dream, making it happen for himself and for others around him uh, from his hard work and because he was truly a really good person. And that goodness was felt in the industry. Hamlet was a well-known was well known in the search marketing sector for sharing knowledge in industry journals and as a speaker and lecturer on the search marketing conference circuit. He was one of those people who took others under his wing to help them find their feet as they stepped forward in their careers. Most of the people he mentored are themselves notable and successful. Hamlet had a way of making people find the best in themselves. The SEO community has gone into mourning a few times in our history, and it's always so hard. 
there's a love among among our clique and when somebody who so totally personifies that spirit when when somebody who so totally personifies us passes it's stunning and awful and awesome how deep the loss is felt so goodbye hamlet you my friend you were deeply loved you changed people's wor worlds and you will be sorely missed that was uh that was stunning to 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 to, to get word of uh, hamlet yesterday eh? yeah that, that was a yeah i think it, it just yeah that's all i have to say i, I don't I don't really have much more to add than that um, um from what i hear um he uh, he did again everything he could to have to avoid catching it he thinks he caught it in a in a cap ride he apparently took one cap ride in the last uh nine months and um yeah that's where uh, he had told somebody he thought he had uh he had caught it anyway it was uh yeah just wow uh hamlet was again just so deeply loved by so so many people he had a neat product uh rank sense um have you ever worked on a uh massive enterprise site and um just really wanted to get good strong descriptions in for every product in there but there's like a hundred thousand of them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're not going to write a good descriptive paragraph a hundred thousand of them. that was one of the one of the things that his uh, product rank sense automated and uh just yeah just, um that was a kind of person uh, Hamlet was an engineer at heart you know find a problem solve a problem yeah that, that was a yeah i think it, it just yeah that's all i have to say i, I don't I don't really have much more to add than that um, um from what i hear um he uh he did again everything he could to of to avoid catching it he thinks he caught it in a in a cap ride he apparently took one cap ride in the last uh nine months and um yeah, that's where uh, he had told somebody he thought he had uh, he had caught it. Anyway, it was uh, yeah, just wow. Uh, Hamlet was again just so deeply loved by so so many people. He had a neat product, uh, Rank Sense. Um, have you ever worked on a uh, massive enterprise site and um, just really wanted to get? good strong descriptions in for every product in there but there's like a hundred thousand of them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're not going to write a good descriptive paragraph a hundred thousand of them. that was one of the one of the things that his uh, product rank sense automated and uh just yeah just, um that was the kind of person uh, hamlet was an engineer at heart you know find a problem solve a problem yeah, and you know, like he's he's one of the people I respected most. Like, just if he wrote a thing, if he said a thing, if he appeared at a thing to speak, I would pay attention. Like, he's just one of those like whatever is about to come at me didn't matter the topic. Whatever I knew, whatever came at me, there was going to be value in it. Uh, and there are, quite honestly, very few people that I would have gone. Yeah, you could build a thing to automate something as important as the public face of your web pages into into search results and um yeah i mean i, I a very very 
interesting, interesting thing. But every time he he really focused on automation. I know we had some conversations about that where I'm like, what are you trying to like make me lose my job um, <laughs> <laughs> by, by doing this sort of stuff? And of course, and and rightfully one of the the conversations that we had on that tangent. And I I fully support what he's saying and, and in paid search, you know, we see that too with, with automated bid strategies working most of the time is the, no, this just means that you get to spend your job doing the creative work that you should be doing, not going, I now need to write 2,584 description tags. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's a- anyway, um, a, a big, a big loss. We all know that. So there's a, uh, there's a GoFundMe um, out there to, uh, raise funds to you know try to offset costs for his his wife and kids um so yeah um hamlet batista um beloved member of the community okay it was a busy week um if it weren't for um hamlet's passing our top story would have actually been the a very funny one would have been that would have been a lot of fun to to to, to cover this um i'm still gonna the rebellion called gamestop um, Dave, have you been following the the, the whole GameStop thing? Uh, a little bit. I've been actually mostly interested in sort of the political game that's going on right now. Um, like like around these trades, around around, the around yeah. these these trades. And one of the most interesting was was on um, Tracy Ingram, your friend and mine, shared it um, a, a a a screenshot um, where Ted Cruz had shared with the note fully agree a tweet by AOC. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> like <laughs> that, that's, I, I would not have, have possibly seen, seen that coming in my, in my 2021 bingo card, but here we go. We're off to a, an interesting year. It seems, but, uh, but okay. please take, a, take us through what's, what's, what's going on. So in short, <laughs> I'm doing it there in short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was hoping to time it while you were drinking your water, but um, okay. So, in short, what's going on is a large group of day trading independent investors, primarily working through um, day trading software like Rob, like uh, like Robinhood, have gotten together to do actions that basically stick it to large head funds. So a common um, way of taking profits out of the stock market, if you have the funds and you're able to, um, to buy on with a great deal of risk, is to short a stock, to basically uh, using an arbitrage to bet against the success of a company. GameStop, the uh, great video game selling retail, like brick and mortar retail, um, or Blockbuster, the former um, uh, video rental, block, uh, uh, brick and mortar video rental outlet are, are good examples. These are two stocks that are still being publicly traded um, on, on the stock exchanges. But you know, there's not a heck of a lot of future for either company. In fact, Blockbuster has one outlet left it doesn't even rent videos anymore. It just rents itself out for being a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Um, and GameStop is still conducting business. Don't get me wrong. GameStop is still conducting a pretty fine business. But in the age of streaming, um, 
the writing is on the wall in like 60 point font, the end is nigh. And so they're, 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 their, stocks are, their stocks are falling. It's a good bet the stocks are going to fall again. So you can bet, you can borrow stock, bet against um, its uh, 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 success by borrowing the stock, selling it high, then buying it back again at the lower price, giving it back to the person you borrowed it from and pocketing the difference on the arbitrage. That's how you, that's the, uh, a very unscientific way of describing how short you're stocked. Stocks are shorted. So this happens all the time. You get these head funds who spend like hundreds of millions or billions of dollars to do this. And they will buy something like GameStop and expect it to go down a couple bucks and they're going to, you know, profit off it off after a week. So along come all these Redditors who notice a bunch of activity around GameStop. And instead of letting the stock die like it was going to die, they all buy it. And in a two-week period, this stock went from like literally $5 or something a share to over $370 at its absolute peak. In fact, GameStop, the brick and mortar that sells old video games and cartridges for like Nintendo 64s, was worth more than British Petroleum Energy at one point yesterday before the stock market shut it down. So now, <laughs> this is where things get weird. I'm, I Honestly, I don't know where things are sitting in the story as we speak because it's a dynamic and active story. Things change by the minute on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, the stock markets shut trading down. Today, the small the trading applications themselves have banned the activity of small time investors around stocks that are being discussed heavily on social media. So that's where we sit today, and I'm calling this the GameStop rebellion. But um, the honest truth is, I mean, it it it, it, it looks a lot like uh, it looked a lot. It looks a lot like uh. uh, uh a grassroots rebellion against the big bad financiers of Wall Street, but I don't know for some reason that just feels too simple an explanation. There's something really hinky going on here that's weirding out my stomach. But in a nutshell, this is what's happening on the web today. It's being caused specifically because of because of activity around social media boards like Reddit. And dude, it's weird. Yeah, it, it it is. I mean, and we do see this sort of stuff occasionally. I mean, heck, we we we've watched that in in current Bitcoin. I mean, is another great example that you could use. Some people we can we can debate that, and, and some would. But where I'm like, it's a clear example of where the valuation of some companies, and I've had this sort of rant before, but mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the traditional valuation points that it should. Right, like. The valuation of a company should be based on the, its ability to generate revenue, uh, taking into consideration you know, a, a few other factors, future growth potentials and stuff like that. But here we have a scenario where the valuation of a company at its peak, it's just so outside of the scope of, of anything that people were gambling. They weren't investing anymore. They were, they were gambling. And, and that's where I find this all, I, mean, you know, I, I, I guess maybe that's just me. I, I don't. <laughs> um, invest that way, and 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 maybe, well, no, I was going to say maybe I should. No, I should. Um, <laughs> well, 
I mean, if you did, again, I, I saw this note from uh, from from Christopher Jones, um, owner of Pe- uh, owner former owner of Pepper Jam. I'm not sure if he owns it owns it back again or not, but um, he said, "Had I invested a hundred thousand dollars in uh, GameStop, um, he posted a date two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, it would have been worth over sixteen million dollars." Yeah. Um, but, but then, of course, that leads to the question: How many times would you have had to lose a hundred thousand dollars to hit the one that worked? <laughs> and the wild ride that you'd have, your stomach would have been on, because this oh, yeah. this becomes a game of musical chairs, right? Like if you start playing a game like this where there's obvious market manipulation, mm-hmm. the last one standing loses, and if you lose, you lose really badly. Yeah. And some people who lost really badly were. Two uh, VC firms, um, venture or not VC firms, sorry, two uh, hedge fund firms that were literally liquidated. If you lose on a uh, on a short sell, you've often bought a lot of those. Um, you you bought those shares often on credit on margin, mm-hmm. and you can't pay your bill on margin. Um, even that bill can. Re- you know what happens when you let your like ad spend go and you don't pay attention. And it just it suddenly, you know, you, you set for like you set you think you're setting for like a hundred dollars a week, and you actually set for a hundred dollars a minute or, or a day. Yeah. Well, that's what happens to that's what happened to a lot of these uh, hedge fund guys. Their losses mounted, and mounted, and mounted, and they couldn't believe it would be allowed to continue, and it continued. And some of them literally lost billions of dollars. So the Reddit rebellion was successful. They did stick it to a couple um, hedge funds hedge funds but it's unsuccessful in that things are going to get real regulated real soon yeah and probably for the best <laughs> like, <laughs> like when you see when you see something like that i'm like at the same time and and, and we've seen a lot of regulation and, and so to go like and i'm not a big fan in general of, of regulation like I, I just who is right like who, who is just like i like arbitrary rules one of the things that i i've always nervous of in regulation like this is things like this shouldn't happen you you can have like a buyer beware sort of scenario but things like this should not happen um but at the same time do i trust the people who would be making the regulations to actually understand the impact of what they're about to do and you know what for what it's worth i'm not just a counter this is aoc um uh, American uh, House Representative AOC and American Senator Ted Cruz were like diametrically opposed on whether the sun will come up tomorrow morning. Um, agreed on something. They both agreed that this is what Wall Street does all the time, and it's really weird watching them freak out while a whole bunch of little guys do what they do every day. Um, but at the same time, and 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 and. and, and you ever see you ever, you ever see a car accident where a car has wrapped itself around a light pole or a tree or something because some idiot was going two hundred or going like one hundred and fifty miles an hour? Mm-hmm. The car was made to go one hundred and fifty miles an hour, even if it's driving on a thirty mile an hour street or a fifty mile an hour street or a highway that allows it to go uh, sixty miles an hour. Okay, the car was still designed to go. To, was made to drive much, 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 much faster and, and often careen out of control when it goes that fast. The markets were designed the same way. Right. They can and, operate faster. They, they're they built for the Autobahn. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and at the same time, you've got a bunch of people who are driving through school districts and school zones. 
Well, yeah, um, but they've all strapped rockets onto the sides of their vehicles. And right. um, anyway, it's it's a weird situation, and it'll be weird to see how it works out. Or an interesting to see how it yeah, works out. It is. So the other day, Jeff Ferguson, your friend and mine, Jeff Ferguson, uh, published a really uh, interesting and, you know, what I thought was a really smart piece over at Search Engine Journal. And this is the kind of stuff I say to developers all the time. Um, it, anyway, what his post has caused uh, has reopened a can of worms debate. The title of the post was uh, Google ranks web pages, not websites. And in the post, um, Jeff goes through his argument that, you know, you got to look at the web page as an individual entity because that's what Google's doing. And the meat on that page is what it's going to rank. That URL is going to be the rank, not the entire website. And how often do you want to drive people to the index page of a website when the real meat is often one level beneath? Mm -hmm. So um, there's a counter argument that that came out, including John Mueller, saying, yeah, we do rank web pages, but we consider websites. Mm -hmm. Where do you go with this kind of argument? Yeah, I think it all just bringing it back to basics, right? Like just, just bring it back to basics. We, we can take the content of a page, right? Like which, which is, is, is obviously going to be a factor. How is the content on the page? How does it get through the algorithms? Does Google go like a, yeah, needs met is, is high on, on these pages, but going back. And, and I mean, way back, let's, let's go all the way back to 1998 and then sort of push forward from there and go at the core of Google, we have something called page rank. Right? Like it, it, we, we links are important, both external and internal. And that determines the authoritativeness and, and strength of, of a website. So now we have these two pieces of content and that is, is one thing. And each one will be sort of attributed with a, a score um, that goes, yes, this is the likelihood of this piece of content um, to, to fulfill the, the user's intents and, and, and that we've, we've deemed this to be good. Now let's dump in all of that, that page rank and an internal strength and, and sort of an overall, you know, we were talking about it last week, the sort of, you know, subcategories like, okay, additional pages and how those might relate to this piece of content. Let's pull all of those in the, the relevancy of the site and, and, and the weight, the, the page rank assigned to that page from, from external and internal sources and go, yes, the, the, the domain itself, as the page rank has flowed through, the other pieces of that site are a heavy contributor to how that one piece of content is valued, right? And that's, that's sort of what I think John's getting at is, yeah, we do look at that page for sure, but we're also looking at how strong, how authoritative, how trusted, and, and how relevant is this site as a whole to that topic, Um which is why small little sites can be Wikipedia, but Wikipedia with a good page covering a topic will almost always destroy most other sites around it. Like if it has the content, it, it can crush almost anything. And there's other sites like that. Like I just list Wikipedia, but because we've all seen it a billion times happen. But, um, you know, that's, that's sort of what I think he was getting at. It will see. I I understand where Jeff was coming from. Where uh, when when he wrote that Google ranks pages, not sites. Mm-hmm. In that, um, when you're working with uh, with large teams, often they're taking a sixty thousand foot view of things. Where you're the technician, and you got to get right in and work on the gears and the. Um, you got you got to look at the, the the micro view. Well, you know, your development team's taking a macro view, and you have to remind them 
that the individual pages are important. Like I might have a set of changes recommended for this set of pages. That's different than the set of changes for this set of pages, but both are very important. They all got to get done. Overall, that will improve that will improve overall site quality. But when I'm aiming to rank to get rankings on in Google, those top 10 links, it's individual URLs that I'm trying to rank. Right. And everything goes to support that individual URL. I'm doing a hell of a lot to support um, these product pages. Now, where Jeff you know the headline. The headline was also kind of clickbaity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, Jeff did tie in that uh, that 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 page performance and all the metrics around page performance. Like, I'm don't, not going to go through them one by one, but all the metrics are important for Google's overall impression of the website. But again, um, and, and I got to reiterate this over and over. Also, to clients, I'm not trying to rank your homepage. I don't get a lot of value out of that. Neither do you. Um, unless there's a specific action we we want them to take off the homepage, but more often than not, the specific action is found at the next level or below. That's what I want. That's where I want to get people. Indeed, and you know what? This is a case where we had two articles that are saying almost the exact opposite thing, but where both of them are right. Yeah, indeed. And Studio has uh, has 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 most politely pointed out to us that oh my goodness, that we've been choking all the time here. <sighs> Okay, friends, we got to take a break here on Webcology on uh, WMR.FM. So, friends, you are listening to Webcology on the uh, 28th of July of January. It only looks like <laughs> July out there. 28th of January, 2021. This is uh, Jim Edwin, Digital Always Media. Dave Dave from Bean Talking to Net Marketing. You stick around. We're back after these messages. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a... Synergize your search engine education from 101 to rockstar level. Only on WMR.FM. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the... takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.FM. This is Jim Hedger from Joey's Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, Dave, you didn't get a uh, 
an email from Google asking you to verify, or Google Search Console asking you to verify um, <laughs> AVs or Vs.com or anything. Did you? <laughs> I did. I actually got one, a few of them from clients fire, from firing them off to me going, what are we supposed to be doing here? <laughs> and I'm like, take us to this story. Okay, uh, so Google, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how they made this mistake, but... Um, Google sent out verification emails. Google Google Search Console verification emails. You get them, I get them. We do this all the time. You got to verify onto a new account. Mm-hmm. But they were sending them out to people who had nothing to do with the domain name that was being sent out about. And it took a while for people to start f- comparing notes and figuring out a pattern here. Google was truncating the first three letters of the domain name. Yeah. So yours would have been like um, ddavies.com would have been V's, V-I-E-S.com. Yeah. Um, and you will send a number of these letters out to people who, yeah, I mean, just dumb mistake. If you get a um, email like that, apparently it was a dumb mistake. Large systems have large problems. I got a uh, my hosting guy. I'm I'm with Bluehost, eh? And I got a uh, uh, feature that that captures people trying to hack into my website and do nefarious, dirty things and removes mm-hmm. all the bad code that might get implanted there or whatever. And it you know costs like uh, about thirty bucks a month. Gets billed once a year. Mm-hmm. The billing uh, the billing company made a mistake and double billed everybody who uh, or the sent out an invoice that looked like they were double billing everybody who, who received this product. Hmm. So, you know, I got the email. Actually, oddly enough, I got the email earlier this morning when I was having a kind of an emotional time. And I really didn't want to get an email saying I'd been billed for like $780 for right. something. So um, this is the same sort of thing. Uh, big systems have big can, can produce big problems. As it turns out, though, it ain't a problem. It's just a bad mistake. <laughs> um, and if you do get an email like this, you can ignore it. Or you can try to verify it, because who knows? Traffic at V's.com might actually be pretty cool to look at. <laughs> um, if you have any lawyers in your stable of clients and um, they had reviews, <laughs> this is a, such a weird story. Okay, so Google has uh, stopped displaying review snippets for lawyers. You know how you could have like little star reviews, one star mm-hmm. for shitty, for crappy service, and uh, five stars for good service. Uh, Google isn't putting them up for lawyers anymore for one reason or another. Um, insert joke here, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, uh, makes sense to me. There is a lot of like I, I'd seen it. Like I've had, I've had contact from people going like what is going on like lawyers are kind of seem to be doing some untoward things with some of the reviews <laughs> um in in like a reputation management kind of way like i we were i was seeing and, and maybe this has nothing to do with it but i have seen cases of like that's not normal right like this isn't natural and i'm sure there's lots well, i know there are lots of industries like that but i i, I did see a bunch of them or maybe they're just worried about lawsuits <laughs> <laughs> like maybe Google's that's, lawyers are just like we don't want to deal with this. That's my guess. Yeah. Honestly, that's my guess. Have you have you ever dealt with, uh, with 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 a client who's having a problem with reviews that they're receiving in Google My Business? Yeah, and they get so irrational. Like they just get crazy, right? And they should get crazy irrational because people make 
make purchase decisions based on those reviews. Mm-hmm. And half the time, those are spite reviews. Those aren't even real reviews. That's just somebody who got mad the way you looked at them in the elevator. So they went to their office and wrote something ugly about you. Mm-hmm. It's horrible stuff. I, 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 I understand the review system, and I really wish Google would get rid of it. Another reason I wish they would get rid of it, this is, this is have you been noticing in Google Search Console a uh, secondary error warning, an increasing number of secondary error warnings around schema around regarding reviews? You've seen an not. uptick in that. I have for the weirdest, and I can't figure out why. It seemed to come out of nowhere about three, four weeks ago, and suddenly everyone's having problems with uh, with schema with markup around reviews. Those little stars. Hmm. Oh, now, yeah. now I'm going to have to go through like a bunch of the accounts and see what I got going on. If you, if, if you do see something like that, could you do me a favor? Just drop me a note and saying, "Yeah, I did. I did see that." Because I'm thinking it's just me, and I can't figure that out. Now I'm on neurotic. <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll try and we'll we'll try and placate that. Um, Appreciate that. Or actually, you know what? I'll be honest. I'm gonna hope I can't because I'm gonna hope that I don't find problems. But <laughs> well, I'm figuring if you do, it's because it's because Google is um, changing over the way it does analytics, and that's for that's causing it to re-review everything, and it's finding it's fine. I don't. I, that that's my guess. Yeah. Why? Why would it spot something today that it didn't spot several weeks ago? Yeah, nothing's yeah, changed. Okay, duplicate content. <laughs> it's not duplicate if it's different. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I found this one interesting and and, and kind of humorous because I understand it's one of those like if it gets misread. It's a problem. And I can go way back to Dave circa 2001 abusing this core function of Google, except they, they weren't as smart as, as, as they are now. Um, and basically what, what John is saying, and it's rightful and, and it should be this way, is we all like, as we've talked on the show before, we all like to consume content in different formats, right? Like I may like a video to solve a problem. I actually tend not to like video for most things that I'm searching even in areas where other people do. So having the same content in both formats serves a good function, having it in like a, an article or over multiple articles, or basically in, in, in just different structures actually makes sense. Or, you know, an, an infographic and you know, anyway, I could, you know, we can all list off and we can all think of them. Having them in these different formats is, is, is great um, for, for users. But, <laughs> of course, when you say we don't count this as duplicate content, you're basically opening the door for Dave circa 2001 going, <laughs> I would like to have more pages in the top 10 than I do. So I have this number one ranking. I'm going to create a PDF version of it. I'm going to drop that on my site. I'm going to link to it within. And now I'm going to have number one and number two, because Google was viewing different forms of content and, and ranking both. Now, they, they lost that ability, and good for them, Google. Like, that's a, that was a horrible, horrible abuse, but I was an affiliate marketer and, and didn't really worry too much about it back then. Um, but I, I, I can see versions of me right now reading exactly what John's talking about. And if you take it out of context, because John's not saying create an exact copy of a different thing in different formats. And then magically, you know, you, you can, you can have this like added relevancy. He's basically going, you know, there are 
treat people, serve people what they want in the way they want it. Um, and, and, and you won't get penalized for that. But if you take it as Dave would have in the early 2000s, um, you, you can cause some problems. So I, I, I'm honestly, I, I don't mean to be naive and I'm not trying to devil's advocate here because it makes good radio, but I'm honestly confused about this in that I don't see how it was duplicate content to begin with. If you put something in MP4 format and then you provide a um, t- the text of that content, um, it might be a reproduction of that text. It might even be an exact reproduction of that text, but it ain't the same content because it's a completely because it's a completely different format. Well, and, and you know, and that's where these subtleties come in, right? And and I I agree with you. Where's and the, I, like, and, and I where's agree the with, confusion? Like, it, like, but should the same content have a number one and a number two position? You can argue both yes and no, right? This is the Schrodinger's cat of, of 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 content debates right because i think if it does you're a damn good seo but it's probably not going to happen <laughs> well it, exactly but what i think it does give the opportunity for google to do if done properly is go okay i know dave hates video so here's this great article and we know sure. dave likes it broken up but you know dave's kid looking for the same thing because we're trying to build a desk or whatever does like video sorry we just built some standing desks so <laughs> it was like my top of mind and i was looking for visuals and, and they were looking for for video um which worked so, out better the short answer was yes we ended up needing some of both to, to get this thing done <laughs> so, so both worked out okay but we were both working on different parts of the job um at, at any rate um you know, if if they serve just the the right format to the right user, then that that absolutely makes sense. It's the sort of multiple listings that that would cause some sort of problems. But I, I I suspect the reason John's able to say that is like we don't have that problem. We just know what the user wants, so we serve them that version. So here's the question: Can or should you canonicalize that? Can, should you point out what you think should be the dominant version? My instinct on this one, of course, it would be case by case. Oh, I got to say it. It depends. Uh, but my instinct would be no, because if I have a video and I put the transcript on there, I want Google to be able to look at that video context and go, okay, if somebody likes video, this is that page, not passing its weight over to another page and going, ignore this video. The actual thing that should be ranking is is this article over here. So it gets it gets a little sketchy. <laughs> like as, as far as how how you would you would be dealing with that i think it's it's dangerous if it goes goes too far like if you tried to do this like repurpose all your pieces of content like this i, I think it could get pretty uh yeah pretty dangerous but um I, I i hope to be proven wrong in that i hope google really has a handle on its capability to go okay we have multiple points of of content and of course we also have the the discussion of what if these multiple points of content the, these duplications are on different services what if one's on medium one's on youtube and one's on my site but they're completely different formats right now now what right like what how will google will deal with with that so you know, oh. there's a lot to unpack in, in how that application would happen on a case-by-case basis. Indeed, indeed. Okay, we got to, um, I, I could counter, I could easily, but we got to yeah, keep yeah. going. Um, <laughs> Chrome 88, this, is, this one actually, I really, I'm really happy about this. Yeah. So, um, web speed vitals is, um, is a concern right now. 
and it's going to be a uh, much more active concern as we um, get closer to the mid-late spring. Um, and as of um, as of the end of the spring, it's going to be a, uh, according to Google, active ranking factor. So it'll be a real concern. Newly released Chrome 88 um, gives you features that um, let you look right on screen without having to open new tools. Look, you look right on screen at the uh, web experience that users will be having. Yeah, it is fantastic. I, I love it. We I, 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 we can't get into too much detail here. And I only say that because just go like for, for our listeners, go to search engine land. There, there's an article there, Chrome 88 at Scroll Web Vitals. It's a very visual thing is why I say we can't get too far into in to describing it because it is way easier with the pictures to just go this is how it how it lays out but one of the things that i really love um, about it is the additional rows um, that it adds so as you're watching how how the network's sort of functioning and, and which scripts are being pulled in at which times it's it actually drops in where these elements are slowing down so where the paintful the largest content paintful is it's showing you where it's hitting hiccups so you can actually just sort of look down that list and see which scripts were running at that time, what was going on um, over the network or, or, or on the browser at that time and, and get a, a better interpretation. Now it only launched yesterday. I've only putzed around with it a, a little bit, but I immediately went, ah, okay. Okay. I can't like, and in some cases I was looking at clients going, I can't fix this, but I can sure communicate with the developers a lot better now. Right. And sort of go, okay. Like, and I can go now, here's a tool. I need you to like, look at this thing here and where it starts to slow down. I need you to fix that. I can't tell you how without breaking the site. Cause I'm an SEO, not a developer, but um, you know, it, I think it's super handy. No, really cool thing about this tool is it's a lot more exacting than the old waterfall um, mm -hmm. where, where you had to like, either go to GT metrics and you get their waterfall function going. Yeah. Go, well, that's probably it. This is, um, yeah, this this gives you direct examples of where your problem is, um, yeah. which which helps you um, uh, get it uh, uh, fixed with. Because uh, they fix it yourself. We don't fix things ourselves anymore. Developers do it now. Yeah, yeah. thank goodness. <laughs> um, so yeah, play with it. Um, it's in uh, Chrome eighty eight. Uh, just to confirm, I am running. What am I running? I don't know. I did have to update mine as soon as I like it, it launched. So it, it must be a new one because I was on 87. Um, and, and so I did have to update. So if you don't see anything change, folks, um, just make sure that your version um, is updated to, uh, to 88. Yep. This is coming up. So very slowly. I am running version 88. So we're going to be going yeah. to commercial on uh, WebCology here on WMR.FM. And I'm going to start screwing around with... Uh, <laughs> with Core Web Vitals. We're going to be totally unprepared when we come back from break. So on behalf of Dave Davis of BSOC Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedrick of Media. You're listening to Webcology on WMR.FM on the 28th of January, 2021. Stick around. We've got more coming up after these messages. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. 
If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Webcology takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on, on WMR.FM. It's the 28th of January, 2021, last week of January. That blows my mind how uh, how fast this, this, this year that is already taking forever also seems to be going so fast at the same time. One of the reasons this year is taking forever is almost everywhere we're on lockdown. Um, COVID has stopped people from moving around uh, moving around North America from travel. And yet, uh, Google announced today that it's changing up. I guess, you know, I guess the travel vendors are doing everything they can to promote traveling. Um, try to uh, salvage something of a market that's just being just having the snot kicked out of it by, by, by COVID. Um, I actually like, 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 like Google's introduced a new way of, of, of displaying um, pricing on its maps. It's putting a red pin for the hotel with the white price indicator uh, right in the pin, making it much easier for you to choose hotel based on, I guess, relative um, relative luxury based on price. Yeah, I think it was, it was interesting. There's, there's um, two tests actually going on right now. Cause they've got their, their traditional, you know, like in the sort of uh, blue rectangle thing, then they've got the red bubble, which is definitely highly, highly visible. Um, and then they've got this, this sort of gray outlined white bubble um, with, with a, a small icon beside it with, you know, it's just a typical like, person lying in a bed to, to show that it's a hotel i i like well i i like the two new tests they're running i i like in comparison with the old one i i i i i, I they're, they're both of them are, are superior i have a hunch what we see happen from this test will be very very telling about what is coming in the future and, and the reason i say that is um, in, in his write-up barry had pointed out that as you did the, the red is very prominent right like it just it's easy to read you, you see the map and 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 then there it is it just jumps out at you um then you look at the white one though and i i can't help but think of the versatility involved with that it, it it's it would allow multiple different accommodation types or even just types of data they don't have to be accommodations to appear on the same map and if it is accommodations it'll have that little bed if it's a gas station it would have a little gas station like if you wanted to have multiple pins on the same page which is clear indicators and also prices related to them it'd be a, a really easy differentiator with that with that little icon there so um i think 
either one is a better choice than what they have, but I think which test wins will be very telling as to what we'll start to see happen in the future with maps. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I get excited by the big red button. I love yeah. big red buttons because the easiest way to get um, a user to do something is to make it's it a pretty big red button. perfectly <laughs> obvious what you want them to do. Yeah. And I think using the color red um, rather than using a color that blends closer in, that blends yeah. into the map, it yeah. tells me you want me to select this. You want me to to expand or open or learn or get something from this. Um, and it, and it prompts action. Absolutely right. And one of the other nice things about the red version, and for for um, listeners who might want to go see it, you can go to just seroundtable.com and there's the the article um, is in there. One of the other nice things about it I do like is you can see the sort of secondary listings get just that little red dot, but you can actually just drop a little red dot and go, we, you know, we don't have the pricing information, but it's a hotel kind of, kind of information on, onto that page as well. Whereas if you put something with a much more subtle color tone to your point, right, this, this sort of like blue that would blend in with the water or this gray that blends in with most of the other map, there's not a way to just sort of indicate here's the secondary ones we don't have complete data for or just secondary. So we're not listing the complete data um, on them. Now for what it's worth, I find the, the second example, the, 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 the blue on blue, like infinitely more pleasing, mm-hmm. but that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to be, to, 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 to be funneled into a decision. Right. Um, Cause heaven knows I'm too neurotic to make it myself. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, you're in the travel space. You, you do a lot of work in the travel space. Um, what else can Google, um, Expedia, or any of the any of the, uh, the the search or travel tools out there do? Try to um, I don't know um, promote a, a a a a industry that needs promotion. Um, I, I think the the number one thing, and it, it's funny because a lot of our clients, you're right, are are in travel. Um, I don't know how we lucked out, um, but most, well, actually all, we, we've had none brutally impacted by this because they don't require, none of them required long distance travel for the majority of their visitors. And so like one of them, for example, we're pushing out an article like over the last couple of days talking about how their entire area and industry has tripled um, the, the people staying more than a week. Right. Like people are just like going, okay, well, you know, it's only like, well, they, they sort of show up and then go, you know what, why would I go back home? I'm working remotely. Right. It's, it's sort of the, it's a piece on the impact of remote working on, on the sector in this area. Um, you know, and, and regular listeners will know I work in Whistler all, all like often. Right. And it's, it's based on, on sort of the same thing. Well, why, why be here when I can be in Ever Whistler? since the government opposed a two week, <laughs> a two week quarantine, we found our visitors have stayed for 15 yeah. days or more. <laughs> That's- so, yeah, funny thing that, um, but so, so our clients haven't, but I, I think a lot of it, there's, there's really not much that I can see that Google or the travel sector can really do that they're not already doing, right? Like y- you can't tell me with a hundred percent certainty, like I, I live in BC, right? I mean, in, in, you can't tell me with 100% certainty that when I'm planning my trip next May, that there's some sort of variant of this virus that is not going to stop me from traveling or that I'm even like planning trips for next fall. You can't guarantee me and nobody can. that Volcano in Iceland could shut down air travel for two weeks. So those 
lacks of guarantees have always been there, but I, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah. there's like a, there's I'm well aware of the insecurity. That. Yeah. Like, I know. I, I, I've, I've had to cancel trips, multiple, right? Like, when, when this all hit, because I just wasn't allowed to, to go places. Whenever. So, you know, it, it, it's really tough. I think it's on the business owners and, and perhaps um, Expedia and Google, et cetera, can, can really help the, the business owners who are trying to pivot, right? And there was. Like, our clients were going – okay, we need to change our marketing messages around people aren't traveling, right? People aren't flying from Japan to Whistler anymore, but people in this like radius around us also aren't traveling to Japan. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's get these like sort of closer to home staycationers um, because people still want to do something fun and new, right? So, but they just want to do it safer either because they want to or because they're being regulated to or because they don't want to go to Japan and then spend their first two weeks <laughs> you know, in, 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 in lockdown, in, in quarantine, and then do that when they get back as well. So, um, so yeah, it, it's a tough one though. Okay, last story. And I promise this is actually, this is kind of a fun one. Right. It's actually not just a fun one, it's a fascinating one. If I was to say to you, Federated Learning of Cohorts <laughs> block. That's all. No context. I just said to you, Federated Learning of Cohorts flock. What? what am I talking about? I think uh, flock eats cookies. Okay, so you, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I know what you study this stuff, but you'd have no idea if you didn't, right? <laughs> no, exactly. Okay, Google can't market its way out of a paper bag. <laughs> like, Google can make amazing products, but it can't think of good names for anything. Google, if Google had a child, it would name it Egbert. <laughs> Thinking it was a great name. Actually, Egbert is a great name, but I digress. Federated learning of cohorts is what's replacing cookies. And I don't mean the cookies at the Cookie Monster. I mean the cookies that have been running the web since the beginning of time. We've been using uh, little subroutines that get installed by websites that you go to and on your browser to track your movements since the beginning of the web. Mm -hmm. It's how um, Google knows that you've searched for this, that, and whatnot. It's how the e-commerce site that you favor knows that you ordered stuff and, you, and it doesn't need to advertise that stuff to you anymore. Um, cookies provide all sorts of all sorts of functions, including gathering enormous amounts of user data and feeding it back to folks like us in Google Analytics, Google Search Console, Google Tag Manager, or whatever. But cookies run afoul of new privacy legislation in the EU and in California, and increasingly, um, cookies are being being used to extract. Um, very specific user data. Do you remember back in uh, 2006? I think it was AOL, the the great AOL dump of all that okay. all that cookie data from yeah. that people were able to identify individual users off that data. So federated learning of cohorts is what Google is moving to to replace cookies, and instead of unique user data. So as things stand now. Google knows everything it needs to know about me, about Dave, about anyone who's listening, all of us as individuals, because we all have individual ways of using Google. It's not going to be like that so much anymore. 
now you are going to be thrown into a group of people who share very similar interests to you. And that aggregate data is what's going to be given to marketers, folks like us, um, through Google Analytics or Google Search Console. And it won't be um, data that's about your exact movements, but about the general movements of the interest cohorts that you belong to. Hence, federation learning, federated learning of cohorts. I kind of hate that name. I know. I, I can't. Know. I, I can't wait till the first time I have to explain explain all this to a client. <laughs> that's, gonna be, that's gonna be the the most brutal yet fun meeting at the same time. Yeah, it will be. Um, I think this is oddly a, a concept that I think paid search marketers will have a much easier time wrapping their brains around. Um, because we've been using audience and behavior targeting and and the the understanding that you're not just going to be in one cohort. You'll be in, as you keep stressing, the plurality. You will be in multiple mm-hmm. cohorts. And I may be in this cohort. I like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, a, a guy in this age group, right? And I'm also in this cohort. I'm a nerd, right? I'm in this cohort. You know, I like travel, right? Like, or whatever. And then- Are you in the cohort who likes Venn diagrams? Yeah, and you I'm in see a lot of them in the future. <laughs> um, and so I think, you know, if you can understand that that's where your your ideal, you know, targets are, this is how we're going to be targeting in, in, in total, is what it's basically getting down to. This is how our tracking um, is going to be being kicked in. There are some interesting questions going around over on, on SEM Rushes. It, it was a great question being asked. And how does this impact um, retargeting and, and things like that, that I haven't actually explored fully at, at this point, and, and it is something that I'm going to have to. Um, retargeting is, of course, still going to happen. Yeah. But, it's, yeah. but the data you use to select and, and uh, to make your decisions around will change slightly. Will change but they, the process they, is still going to happen. Oh, it, it, that's still going to be advertising, right? That's that's it. And I don't think this is going to have a, a like a, a crushing impact on anything. I think it's the the way they're doing it. If I'm understanding it properly, and I mean, there's large docs and, and they're highly technical. Um, and uh, admittedly, I could probably struggle through them. But if I'm going to struggle through a highly technical document, I'd rather do it like Smith or Bird or something like that than, than these ones. But what my understanding of, of the impact is is you know what we're talking about here it all seems very logical to do it this way um the last date i saw is looking at less than a there'll be a 95 percent similarity like basically they're going to be nailing it within 95 percent plus um of accuracy so but you look at that four percent and go my targeting's down four percent i like Mm -hmm. okay that that is a dramatic decline um and so we adapt, right? And so, you know, we, we just need to, to adapt. And, and just remember, and I always try to, all that matters is CPA, right? Like that the only thing that matters is, is, mm-hmm. is CPA, you know, mixed with number of conversions, of course. But, um, you know, as long as if the value goes down the same for everybody, then all of us adapt. We all, you know, might pay a little less for this or that um, because it's going to take more of it, right? Like pay less for a click, but we get more, you know, we'll need more clicks to accomplish the same task. But at the end of the day, we're all probably going to be settling in. It'll be a little disruptive at first, but we'll all settle in and, and be paying probably about the same per conversion that we are now. Well, and for what it's worth, it's going to be the same 
for all people. Yeah. It's not like um, you're going to get caught by surprise. Well, dude down the street is getting the uh, the old data. Right. You're all going to be measured the same way. Yeah. It's, it's not like Jim got the get, still gets his organic keywords, but Dave got them taken away like a decade ago. Right. Now that would have been a huge advantage though for you. Wasn't when when go- I'm referring to when Google. <laughs> I remember correctly, it was actually the other way around. I lost my damn keywords years ago. Okay, on that, we've lost our damn time. We're out, of, gone full clock, out of time. It's been a, uh, a full hour. Um, that was a fun way to end the show, yeah. uh, especially after after such a horrible way to begin it. Um, friends, on behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the 28th of January, 2021, and as we learned this week in the SEO community, COVID is freaking real. It kills, it takes good people away from from us. Do what you can to stop the spread. Wear masks. Wash your hands thoroughly with soap and water for 20 seconds or longer. (laughs) Stay away from other people. Stay away from other people. Don't touch your face until you wash your hands. Wash your hands all the time. Stay safe. When you get a chance, get vaccinated. Keep your neighbors safe. Rank well. Be kind to each other. And we'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you,